With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSIN, the sports betting network. And welcome to the Tuesday edition of the Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM. Dave Ross and Mike Samich here at Circus Sportsbook in for Michael and Stormy today. Mike, you and I talked on the handle on Sunday and over the course of the next two hours, going to get a lot of the NFL and all things football that we can sneak in in our time. But on the handle... You and I discussed on Sunday that Lamar Jackson had put out a tweet. Remember? I do. 48 hours ago. And he said, I am the storm. (laughs) We didn't know what the hell that meant. I think we do now. That that storm was going to be, and since we get off the air on Sunday, it's going to officially request a trade. I want out. My time in Baltimore. Thank you, Charm City. Deuces. Been an interesting 24 hours for Lamar Jackson here. I love the timing of when he dropped this tweet as well. One minute before his coach, Jim Harbaugh, goes to the podium, he drops this tweet. He knows every question is going to be all about Lamar. It's been interesting to kind of watch him navigate this process without an agent. The timing of this tweet, like I said, seems very manipulative in that sense. Mm. We find out from the Ravens, they offered him the second most guaranteed money in history. He decided to turn it down. It's going to seriously affect his trade value on where he goes because you don't want to trade for him just to have him for this year. You want to sign him to a long-term deal, and that's going to come at quite a price tag here. And what I'm hearing, too, and again, what Mike's referring to is, you know, when John Harbaugh stepped to the podium, he basically said, we're looking forward to having him back and blah, blah, blah. And yet Lamar, almost simultaneously, puts out the tweet that says, I want out, officially requesting a trade. So now you do worry about the leverage situation here. Uh, again, I talked about it on Sunday on the handle. You know, I, I've grabbed a couple weeks ago the Colts at plus 625 to win the AFC South. Part of that rationale was you have to read between the tea leaves, and this is exactly what we're trying to do here in the, across the network, is you felt like there was trouble in paradise, that no matter what John Harbaugh or the Ravens say, Lamar is saying something completely different, right? So if it is the Colts, and right now they are the shortest favorite on the board to get uh, Lamar Jackson and Chris Ballard has said, look, we're, we're not going to rule out the possibility. If, if we can make a trade, we're going to take a look at it and see if there's something that we can do there. So that's what Ballard basically said. He said, quote, you've got to do your work on it to see if it's doable. Sometimes it is. Sometimes it's not. So noncommittal 
but at least introducing the prospect that there is a possibility that we might be able to work out a deal. Well, and it makes total sense, right? The Colts have been trying to figure out who their quarterback is going to be for years. They bring in Carson Wentz for a year. It doesn't work out. Matt Ryan for a year. It doesn't work out. They have a roster that is top 10 in the NFL missing that one spot, mm. right? There's a couple teams like that. The Jets also there as well. They need to address that quarterback spot. They've got the fourth pick in the draft. They need to figure out before the draft what they're doing with Lamar here because if they have that fourth pick, they need to end up taking a quarterback if they've not figured out this Lamar situation. And it's going to drastically affect the top five of this draft yeah. because you've got the Cardinals sitting there at three. Well, if the Colts have a quarterback, all of a sudden three and four are both non-quarterback picks unless someone trades up into them. It devalues the three pick because you only have one team trying to trade up in that spot, maybe two. We'll get into that a little bit later. Mm -hmm. How else you can bet this information? But it really devalues that, that three and the four pick, and it also – makes you kind of wonder where these quarterbacks are going to end up. And to me, Will Levis to, to Seahawks seems like a very, very likely possibility if this news goes down. And, and this is where the, these these changing uh, the draft positioning, as you mentioned, which quarterback might go where and what market. I want to get to what Jim Irsay had to say about this. Of course, the Colts owner. He said he, quote, doesn't believe in fully guaranteed contracts. Therein lies the rub because that's exactly what Lamar wants. He doesn't want it the second most guaranteed money. He doesn't want partial. He wants it all guaranteed. So this is going to be the sticking point. Now, the one other possibility here, and again, I'm very excited as somebody has got tickets in the futures market now in the Colts and also the, the Falcons, which is now the second bidding favorite to, to land Lamar Jackson. And my thought process was that, that at some point, if this can't get worked out with the Ravens, he's going to go to hopefully one of those two spots for my pecking order, the, the commanders there, Sam Howell, they say they're committed to him. He's their plus 450. The Patriots is a shocking one there with Bill Belichick, whether or not that could possibly happen. Also a plus 450. I mean, if you're sitting there and you're Mac, Mac Jones going, well, what about me? But I think the bigger issue is the Ravens can now use this as go ahead and leverage. D D Colts, do what you want to do. Make your offer. Falcons, make your offer. Commanders, Bill Belichick, do it. We'll just sit back. And then we go, yeah, yeah, we like that one. We'll match it. I mean, they really do now. They're basically saying, everybody else do our work for us. And if you if Lamar likes that deal, then we'll just match that deal. And then he comes back to Charm City. It is a brutal situation for Lamar Jackson because you know that he went through this process and he's been very vocal. I want a guaranteed con a contract. He went through this process expecting someone to offer him a contract once they put that tag on him on March 7th. The fact that here we are sitting 20 days later and he is offerless because if he had an offer, you know what? He's not putting out that tweet that he wanted to trade on March 2nd. No, he's sitting here 20 days later, offerless, not sure what the market is for him. And if no one's making that offer, is anyone willing to pay two ones for Lamar Jackson right now? And if you look at what mm. you just saw for Deshaun Watson, if you look at what you just saw for Russell Wilson, there were more than two ones involved in those deals. So I'm not sure who's willing to give up the compensation that you would expect for a quarterback that then expects to have a fully guaranteed contract when there's only one of those in existence, and pretty much every GM in the world would admit that was a mistake to give Deshaun Watson a fully guaranteed contract. They have no interest in doing that again. Don't want to set that continued precedence on either the owner or the GM side. Yeah, no question about it. And again, Lamar, I understand Lamar's mentality, which would be, wait, if you gave Deshaun Watson that in your you know, Haslam and the, the Browns, well, that's where we got to start there. But it's like, to your point, I'm like, no, 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 no. Because one team gave a bad contract 
We're not, we don't, we're not, that's not now the precedent that I have to make another bad deal, right? So it's like, I don't have to repeat history here if you're the Ravens. The interesting thing would be if it is the Colts at four, okay? All of a sudden, then, does that mean Anthony Richardson is in play to go to Baltimore? Because what you're doing is you're moving dominoes, right? And you're saying, okay, now the Ravens then theoretically, at least part of the deal you would assume would be that, that four pick that you're swapping there. Then do the Ravens then go for a quarterback at four? I don't think that they move that fourth pick. Ooh. I don't think the Colts put that in the deal. If I'm the Colts, I'm not willing to give up the fourth overall pick in the draft for a quarterback that I'm paying $37 million for this year, Whoa. then have to give up a, a large guaranteed contract long term. I think this, the reason Lamar hasn't gotten any offers is two first rounders with everything that goes into this. And you have to take into account Lamar Jackson hasn't exactly been the picture of healthier either the last couple of years. He's been got he's gotten injured both of the last few years, mm-hmm. hasn't been able to play a full season. He is a quarterback that relies on his legs. And now the Ravens have not done him any favors from a weapons perspective the last couple of years. The wide receiver room specifically has been awfully weak for him. So I'm not going to say he's only his legs, but that is his best attribute. And as you get older, I can tell you this from experience. <laughs> You slow down a little bit, and the, the, the bruises hurt a little bit more. You don't want to get hit as much. To me, there's other issues with Lamar Jackson outside of just the contract. It's what you have to give up and where he is in his career, and is he still on the rise? Is he start on, starting on the decline? I, to me, it's not easy to answer those questions, which make this an even more difficult situation. No, I, I feel you on the age thing. I'm, I get hurt sometimes watching people <laughs> work out on Twitter. Uh, you know, the, the story of the day to me is really – First of all, the commanders at plus 450. This is what Martin Mayhew, and I remember Martin as a player back in D.C. That's how old I am. He said that the team will not pursue the great eight out of Baltimore, which is interesting to me. So, again, fourth in the, our third on the betting market here at plus 450, or at least uh, knotted up with the Patriots at plus 450. To the Patriots' end, this is, to, to me, one of the most startling stories that I've ever heard. Robert Kraft, you know him, Bob, he's the owner. He said the uh, Meek Mill texted him a few days ago saying that Lamar Jackson wanted to play for the Patriots. Just think of this. Meek Mill is texting Bob Kraft. They're boys. Hey, Robert, I'm telling you, Lamar wants to come. (laughs) That is now news. I didn't know that Meek Mill had it like that with Robert Kraft, that these two guys are like, yeah, yeah. And then because of this news from Meek Mill to Bob, Bob then came out and said, oh, that's up to Bill. I want to know if Meek Mill's texting That's, Bill, too. Does, does Meek Mill have Bill on speed dial? And at what point is Meek Mill Lamar Jackson's agent in this, too? Does he, is he looking to get his 3% cut? Is that why we're sending these texts? If he becomes a Patriot, you got to break off something to Meek Mill. I mean, they, they, you have to, right? Finder's fee, something? It's something. Like, I started the conversation. <laughs> what, going back to what, what the Washington Redskins said, and mm-hmm. this is what I was shocked about. The Washington Redskins and the New Commanders. Oh, I'm sorry, the Washington I know, Commanders. I'll do that for another ten years, dude. It's gonna happen. And the New York Jets. They both need to be at least pursuing this idea. The Jets specifically. You're sitting in this this limbo with this Aaron Rodgers situation. You have Lamar Jackson handing you this olive branch that is leverage. 
where you can go and say, oh, yeah, we're, we're kicking the tires here because the, the Packers aren't giving us what we want. We're not able to get to pay what we want for Aaron Rodgers. Apparently, though, there's some issue with, with Joe Douglas and the Ravens with negotiating and that they really that I think the Ravens look at it from the Jets perspective like, yeah, yeah, go ahead and throw out that offer. But there's no chance in hell that we're going to let you get him. We'll match it. I don't know if that's true, but these are some of the things I've heard about certain GMs with the Ravens and Ozzie Newsome. There's something, because Ozzie is, he's still there, but he's not there. The quasi former GM, still GM. So there's there's some issues with certain teams in negotiating with the Ravens. But again, I, I, to your point, Mike, this is what the Ravens want. Mm-hmm. They want a market to be created by other teams doing the due diligence, and then we can just say yes or no. That's it. Uh, it's a great situation for the Ravens yeah. because they are going to end up with the best possible offer The timing of this is going to be very interesting as well. I would expect this goes down in the day or two right before the draft. And that's when you're going to see some type of movement here so that everyone can then make their adjustments from a draft perspective. Going to be a really interesting story to follow here through the next couple weeks. I I think when we come back, we have to continue this quarterback carousel because there is news uh, on AR-12 out of Green Bay. Yeah, he's still out of Green Bay, people. He's not in New York as of yet. We'll tell you what uh, Brian Gutekunst had to say about that. And also, who's going to be the starter in San Francisco day one? Could it be Sam Darnold? We'll discuss a little bit more when you come back with us on the Lombardi line here on Visa and the Sports Betting Network. The Nikki Glazer Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glazer Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glazer Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glazer Podcast to start listening mtv's official challenge podcast is back for another season and guess what so are we just in case you forgot i'm tori deal i'm a six-time finalist and a challenge champion and i'm anisa ferrer and i've been gracing your screens for the last two decades i am a veteran challenger and challenge all-star and speaking of all-stars all-stars four is finally here i'm gonna be honest i literally thought this day was never going to come well the challenge gods have answered our prayers and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast and this season takes it to a whole new level old school legends modern power players redemption seekers and ex-lovers are all competing in cape town south africa for the prize of three hundred thousand dollars anyone can win relationships matter and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion listen to mtv's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts if you love sports and true crime then there's a new podcast from executive producer dan patrick and hosted by me jay harris that you won't want to miss playing dirty sports scandals Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. It is time to download Nevada's premier sports betting app, BetMGM Sports. BetMGM is all of your favorite wagering options, along with in-game betting, boosted odds specials, and much, much more. Download the BetMGM app today. Stop by any MGM casino on this trip with your state-issued ID to open up an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older and physically located in the state of Nevada. Please game responsibly. If you have a problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Back alongside Mike Samich, Dave Ross here. This is the Lombardi Line here on a Tuesday. I did want to get to some other news and notes around the NFL, specifically, again, with the quarterback position here because we're talking a lot about Lamar Jackson. Of course, he is now the next big domino. Is he staying in Baltimore? Is he going to go? Aaron Rodgers, again, it's amazing to me that he can just say, I intend to play with the New York Jets, and that is news. That is That constitutes journalism in 2023. So, again, just because he says that's where I want to go, we know there has to be a trade that gets worked out. I thought you were – it was very interesting what you said to begin the show, that you think they should still do due diligence on a guy like Lamar Jackson. Well, what we're hearing is, this is according to Charles Robinson, a reports that the Packers could receive a second-round draft pick in 2023, and a 2024 second rounder in exchange for Aaron. So again, that means the second rounder then could graduate to a first round pick with achievable team performance escalators. Not even a first round pick is what we're getting at. So again, this does have Lamar Jackson uh, tentacles to what exactly is the value now for certain. Now look, Aaron's much older, but he did just win back-to-back MVPs. I mean, it's not like, you know, it was just two years ago. So you can't get a one? It, it, has he been so devalued because the cat's out of the bag and everybody knows where these moving parts are supposed to go that the Jets are like, well, we don't have to. Well, why would we give you a first rounder? This guy, you guys are stuck. You want to move on from him too. So therefore, we're not going to give you whatever the top leverage could be. It feels like the Packers blinked first here. I mean, we've been two weeks since the news broke that Aaron Rodgers was going to end up as a Jet. And we haven't had any deal go down in that time frame. Right now, it sounds like, okay, we need to get this done if you're the Packers. The last thing they want is to have a $59 million cap hit. On top of that, have Rodgers in training camp. They need to figure out how to move on. And they, need, they want the draft pick this year so that they can start that process of moving on from Aaron Rodgers. So the, it's important for the Packers to get this done before the draft. The Jets over there are like, hey, we're good. We don't need them until training camp. Take your time. Do whatever you want to do. And so they essentially got the Packers to blink first in a lot of ways here. I think you got to remember, like you mentioned, Aaron's 40. He's getting $60 million this year and next year. There's a lot of other caveats that you're taking on here outside of just the player. And he is not exactly the easiest guy to work with in the world at this point either. There have been issues from a teammate's perspective on the Packers. Sure. He's blown up that organization in a lot of ways. You can't demand top value for a guy like that when there's only a couple of years left with that much money on the deal. What's also fascinating to me, you're talking about leverage here, Mike. You look at Brian Gutekunst, the GM there, and he has basically said, we don't necessarily need a first rounder. Why you would ever say that as a GM, I don't know. Like, to me, if we're playing poker and it's like, well, I don't have an ace and a king. Okay. Like, I, I just, why am I telling you, like, eh, we don't necessarily need a first I'd be like, dude, I need a first rounder. Like, and then that's the poker. And then I would say, all right, well, if. For really coming off a of one, then you're like you're trying to 
leverage something. When you say, I don't necessarily need a one, the Jets are like, great, because we're not going to give you one. Uh, do you need a two? Can we <laughs> just do two threes here? I don't necessarily I know, know if I need a two. I, the word is that the, 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 the sticking point here was the 13th overall pick for the last two weeks. That right. the, the Packers wanted the 13th overall pick from the Jets for Aaron Rodgers. They were not able to get it. Now you see the Packers coming out and saying, okay, well, we need to do this deal. We can't just sit here in limbo forever. We've been doing that for literally three years with Aaron Rodgers at this point. We need to get out of this situation. And, and I agree with you. I would have come out and said, we don't need two first round picks. There you go. Right. And say, we don't need the number there 14 pick. If you get Aaron Rodgers and you go to the playoffs, your pick in the first round next year is going to be 25th overall, 24th overall. Give us a, a second rounder this year. That's high and a low first rounder next year for Aaron. And we're good to go. But coming out and saying we don't need a first-round pick is like coming out and saying, please, just take him. Whatever you want to offer, let's go. Also, Goody, I like to call him Goody. He sounds like a cheese, good country. <laughs> like, he says, I can't even get, can't get a hold of Aaron Rodgers. Uh-huh. I can't talk to him. Like, I'm putting that out of the streets. It's just very odd. Now, he has said there's no time frame here. Robert Sala, we're not hitting the panic button here. We're going to take our time. Remember, the Jets now are plus 240 in the betting market to win the AFC East. Well, that, that number is... Now baked into the cake that this is a guy that it's going to be AR-12 being the quarterback. Or there's no way you play that number if it's Zach Wilson as a starting quarterback. It's interesting to bet the the news here, right? Because we have two separate news stories. You've got Lamar Jackson possibly to the Colts, but there's some other suitors there as well. You've got Aaron Rodgers going to the Jets. The number for Aaron Rodgers to the Jets is baked in across the board. Look at it now. It's gone down from it's 210 now. It, it, once he is there, it will be maybe plus 200, maybe a 10-cent move. You, he's, they're 9-1 to to win the Super Bowl, and Zach Wilson's their quarterback right now. What are we doing? What if this doesn't happen for some reason? It, it, it's wild to me that it's this baked into the number, but that means there's not an opportunity to attack other numbers based off of that move. You're not going to have the Chiefs float up to win the AFC. You're not going to have the Bills float up to win the AFC East when this move happens. However, on the Lamar side, there are a bunch of different markets that you can attack. So from a gambling perspective, mm-hmm. the Lamar story to me is more relevant if you're trying to make some money off this, whereas the Jets story and the Packers story is just getting funny at this point. It is. I mean, we need a better PR team here, Packers. Come on. I said it a couple of weeks ago on the network. I just thought like every day that's a passing day and, and you know, Gutekunst and, and Sal are saying what you have to say in the, in the media. Again, I don't know that I'd put out there. I couldn't get a hold of them. That's very odd to me. But like, you know, what's Sal going to do? I'm panicking. Yeah. I'm freaking out over here. We don't have Rogers side. Ah! That's exactly what the Packers are doing, though. They're like, just give us two first rounders. Yeah, they're, they're, they, they we are can, we panicking. We can do this today. Yeah. I mean, I would be calling every day like, good morning. <laughs> we got to do this again. We got to talk again. What's the change today? Like, there, there has to be some sort of impasse if we haven't been able to reach a deal yet. Because, again, you can say, yeah, Tom's on our side. We'll just wait. Well, with every passing day, you can change your plans. You can change your mind. You can pick up a phone and talk to Lamar Jackson. There are other possibilities with every passing day as to why the Jets might say, you know what? Maybe Rodgers isn't the best thing for us. And that is why I'm surprised they didn't. the Jets didn't even say, yes, we're kicking the tires on, on this Lamar Jackson yeah, thing. Why, because just, why not do that what's, to what's put the, more pressure on the Packers that are already crumbling? It doesn't hurt you to call Lamar. It really no. does. If Meek Mill's calling Bob Kraft, call Lamar Jackson. Give Meek a call. The Niners made a call, and they got Sam Darnold. And the reason why I bring up Darnold, like, well, San Francisco fans don't want to hear this. Sam Darnold's not going to be our guy, right? Right? Well, here's the deal. We heard that, you know, John Lynch, the GM, loves Brock Purdy. You can understand that. And look, it's, it's good for John Lynch as the GM to say, see what I did when I picked Mr. Irrelevant 
and you saw how relevant he was. And then to say, hey, basically, this should be the guy. He's earned, kind of earned the right here. He, that's, that's really making the GM look better. And the head coach. So, again, Trey Lance is the guy that we're kind of like, well, what about Trey? And then you hear this, that Lynch says he has, you know, that Purdy's earned the right, that's, quote-unquote, to be the starter. But we just don't know physically if he's going to be ready to go coming off that UCL, the Tommy John surgery. But they also say, yeah, you know, like, Trey, he's got a chance. We, he, he should have a chance. He was, a, what, a top three pick? Was he the third pick over? Uh, second pick? Second pick? Third pick overall. Third pick overall. I mean, like, this is a guy you traded up to go get, Mr. Irrelevant. And then the sneaky move is the Darnold move. Mm-hmm. So what you're hearing now is that Lance and Darnold, not Lance, Lance and Darnold will be splitting first-team reps. And I know you know this, Mike, for people out there that don't when you cover practices, you're looking at who's getting those first-team reps. And when they're going 50-50, that tells me, Mike, there might be a 50-50 chance that Sam Darnold could be the starter on day one. There's a couple different ways to look at this. You've got two major injuries, one elbow, one knee, coming off for the two quarterbacks that San Francisco used and wanted to use last year. Trey Lance was supposed to be the guy coming in. You mentioned it. They took him a number three overall. They paid the Dolphins a pretty penny to come up and get that number three spot. Still hotly debated exactly who wanted to take Trey Lance because there are a lot of Mac Jones rumors out there with Kyle Shanahan, and that's the guy he actually wanted. Well, now you got Trey Lance and Brock Purdy, who played well last year. Mm -hmm. But I mean, I watch a lot of college football. Yeah. There's a reason he was Mr. Irrelevant. He you wasn't, saw him at Iowa State. He you wasn't were not this, blown away. No, he wasn't this this dominant quarterback at Iowa State. A ton of weapons around him at San Francisco that helps him out quite a bit. When you've got McCaffrey and Samuels and Ayuk, it, it makes your job a lot easier as a quarterback. But the Sam Darnold piece here is sneaky. Yes. Number two pick overall. Got the Adam Gase stink on him. <laughs> we're wiping that off. Starts to play a little better in Carolina there. The last five games of the season was the best Sam Darnold has played in his career. Oh, by the way, he's 25. I thought he was 27 at break. Sam Donald's only 25 years old, a number two pick, who has all the tools that Kyle Shanahan's looking for in a quarterback. There's more here than I think meets the eye. If I'm Trey Lance, I'm like, I can't even get all the reps. Like, wasn't I supposed to be the guy? And now you're really, when you do 50-50 for splitting snaps, you're kicking the tires on Sam Donald. You really are. And Trey Lance needs those reps. Minimal yes. starts in college, minimal starts last year. He needs every chance he can get to throw the football. That is a piece of information when you get to the betting market of who's going to take the first nap of 2023. Just remember that right now. The Sam Darnold's getting 50-50 uh, as we speak and will when they get to camp. All right, when we come back, let's talk NFL draft. Because of the changing news in the quarterback situation, that could change the draft as well. Come on back. The Lombardi Line here on these. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. March Madness might be winding down, but that doesn't mean there isn't still plenty to bet on. Baseball's opening day is just around the corner, and VSEN Pro has you covered with our MLB betting guide with power rankings and best bets. Our ex- experts are already getting you ready for golf's first major of the year. Cannot wait. For a tradition unlike any other at Augusta. This year's upcoming Masters betting guide is going to break down every single golfer in the field, plus feature bets and matchups as well. So become a Visa Pro subscriber today for just $19 at Visa.com slash subscribe. Dave Ross and Mike Samich in for Stormy and Michael Lombardi today on the Lombardi line. Of course, programming update. We're going to have uh, Will Hill join us from New York here. We're talking some college basketball with Will and Josh Applebaum also in hour number two. So we'll get your hoops fill in there as well. But you know, we were talking during the break, and I'm going back to my D.C. days when 
the then you know Washington Redskins and Mike Shanahan's the head coach, and they're trading up in the 2012 draft, and they're swapping ones, giving up two more number ones to the Rams to go get Robert Griffin the third. It's like it's a lot of draft capital. We're going to talk about this and in, in this draft capital how this might shake out. But speaking of DC, we know that Dan Snyder. I know Dan Snyder. He doesn't want to go quietly into that good night. And I always said it would take a pretty penny. Forget about pressure from the outside, the government, anything else. What's going to eventually get Dan Snyder out is a legitimate offer that he feels like he can save face, get that parachute, and go. You just saw something cross that maybe, oh, it sounds like a lot of potential money from a legit ownership bid. Uh, yeah, we might have six billion reasons for Dan <laughs> Snyder to get rid of this team. The Josh Harris, Mitchell, Rallis group, which now includes Magic Johnson, just formally submitted a six billion billion dollar offer to purchase the Washington Redskins, Whoa. topping the four point six billion the Broncos went for to the Walmart family last year. So monster jump up in price for a franchise which is has been touted here for the commanders. It's going to be interesting to see whether this goes through. This is the asking price. They're coming in at full list here. You would expect that Dan Snyder is going to want to get out of this situation he's put himself in and take the $6 billion for his Washington commanders. Exactly right, Mike. You phrased it perfectly. Again, knowing Dan from the from my almost two decades in D.C., I was there in 99 when the ownership group went to Dan Snyder. And at that point, if you can believe this, people, if you go back in history, he was looked at as the guy coming in on the white horse and saving this other ownership group that the that the league didn't want because it was too controversial. Yeah. It's Howard, it Howard Milstein <laughs> and, and that group, yeah. right? And Snyder was looked at as the guy that's like, yay, <laughs> Danny boy. And this is a diehard Washington football fan, right? This is his dad, if you know the story, that's the love, that was the love of his dad's life. So to own that was always his goal. So when you're talking about 4.6 for the Broncos, and six billion. That's the only way I see that he actually will go and say, okay, now I don't feel like the sacrificial lamb. Now I save face. I get my money on the way out. And you guys go ahead with this new ownership group. You know the NFL was working the back channels on this one as well. Because when he set the price and said, my asking price is $6 billion, they worked the back channels to make sure that was met. Because if he turns this down, wow. it is going to... Then you're it's gonna not going to be a great situation for Dan Snyder. We'll no. put it that way. He, he doesn't have a ton of options here on whether or not to take or pass this deal. But, hey, I, I'll take $6 billion right now. I don't mind. And That's a good number. It's why Mitch and Paul have a show called Follow the Money. I mean, <laughs> legitimately, I knew that this is exactly what it would take, $6 billion legitimate offer. If this is accepted by the league, I think this could be the final days of Dan Snyder in Washington, D.C., and I know a lot of people will be very happy about that. Uh, very quickly, let's get to the pro tip um, before we get into the draft numbers because it's something that that you wanted to make point of, Mike. Tell the people what your pro tip is for the day today. It's important when you are playing news headlines to often look at the derivative markets mm -hmm. instead of just the ones that are, are adjusted first because they're going to move significantly slower than those main markets. Great example, last year during the preseason, the Patriots are playing a game, I believe it was against the Raiders. They say they're going to start their entire starters for the first half. Mm -hmm. They go from a pick em to a five-and-a-half-point favorite. <laughs> the first to 10 and first to 15 don't move. So you stay at minus 110 on both of those bets when you're laying six with a team in the preseason. Wow. Massive opportunities in some of these derivative markets when you're playing news like that. With this draft, specifically with Lamar Jackson, where he goes will drastically affect the draft market. 
But that's not the market they're going to adjust first. They're going to go right to Super Bowl, right to AFC Championship, right to division. If you go right to draft, you can get a better price on a lot of different players. That is a very, very sharp mind right there. And that is the pro tip here for the Lombardi line. Again, as a VEASAN pro subscriber, you have access to all the pro tips we do across the daily spectrum here at the network. You can sort those out by show and or by sport. Let's stay on that theme, okay? Let's talk about the draft here. And again, not knowing exactly what's going to happen with Lamar Jackson, potentially not knowing exactly what's going to happen with Aaron Rodgers. We think he's going to be a member of the New York football JETS Jets. But Anthony Richardson, this is the guy now that you go, okay, we believe C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, whatever, we believe one and two, Carolina, Houston. Okay, that's maybe not set in stone, but that's what we believe it to be, and the market reflects it. It really is Richardson. You mentioned Arizona at three, feels like it might be a defensive player or trade-out spot. We don't know there. Four is where it really comes into play for Richardson, okay? And the Colts right now are the shortest betting favorite at plus $1.60. The problem there is if they get Lamar Jackson, that could all get blown up. And as you say, if the number four pick is not involved in said deal for Lamar, that would be fascinating if that, if that pick stays where it is. If they get a Lamar Jackson, I, there's no scenario that they draft a quarterback at four because they're going to go to try to help the rest of the roster. Absolutely none. And this is a great example of how that, that based on that pro tip, how you can play that news because the Colts are sitting there at plus 160 is dead money. Yes. The favorite is dead money the minute they get Lamar Jackson. So you could even take a little bit of a, a, a sample here if you want before the news comes and then let's play, let's say play a quarter of a unit before the news comes, the other 75% once it hits. To me, the Anthony Richardson market, if Lamar Jackson does end up in uh, Indianapolis, mm-hmm. I love the Raiders at 8-1. to one. They have been scouting all four of these major quarterbacks. They have the draft capital to go up to number three and get him if they want. They could wait and let the Cardinals pick a defensive player and go up to number four and get them if they want. I think Seattle is a logical landing spot for Will Levis at five. I think the, the Raiders are the team that jump up above the, the Seahawks here and end up with Anthony Richardson if the Colts do make this Lamar Jackson move. And that's sitting at eight to one on the board right I now. I love the eight to one price tag there. Because again, you go, well, they just got Jimmy G. They did not pay Jimmy G a whole lot of nothing, right? This is not like a big money move that they go, Jimmy, yeah, he's going to be the guy this year. That's for sure. But an Anthony Richardson sitting behind a veteran like Jimmy Garoppolo for one or two years seems exactly the the right mentality in the betting market to look at. That would feel like the perfect place for a guy like Anthony Richardson. When you look at these four quarterbacks, two are ready. CJ Stroud, Bryce Young, day one starters. Two are not. And both of the teams, Seattle and the Las Vegas Raiders, both have solid bridge guys. You've got Jimmy G, you've got Geno Smith. They can play for a year, two years, help these guys learn the ropes, and then you can hand it over to these guys who need to develop anyway. Anthony Richardson and Will Levis are not ready to start day one. They need more reps. They need more experience. They need to get used to the NFL timeline and speed. Both of those situations are great fits for them and teams that need long-term answers at quarterback that currently have good short-term options. And again, we saw the marketplace once the trade was announced that the Bears were trading out of the one spot to the Panthers to move up. And we saw how crazy that money move for C.J. Stroud to go number one, went as high as minus 450, now it's around dollar, uh, down 330 is where it's sitting now. The Panthers to draft Anthony Richardson right now is plus 750. I love your your mentality of the Raiders. I think it's a better money move a more realistic shot at eight to one than it is the Panthers even shorter at plus seven fifty. Not to say that there, there couldn't be a market for him to go number one, but that seems like a stretch. 
the Raiders on this board does feel like the best opportunity. Now, you could say Seahawks at 4-1, to one, but you did just give Geno real money. They didn't give what I'm talking about real money in the context of quarterback contracts. Jimmy is pennies on the dollar. Geno got paid. Uh, Geno got paid. It, it, if you're trading up, you're trading up for Anthony Richardson. That's right. You're not trading up for Will Levis. And so that's why I think Anthony Richardson is the one that someone trades up for and grabs. If the Colts end up with a quarterback, the logical team to do that is going to be the Las Vegas Raiders. And one thing you mentioned, the prices here, if you don't bet drafts often, mm-hmm. you have to understand these markets are very different from a game line. I can go about and bet 10 dimes on an NBA game line. I maybe could get 250 down at a single book on a draft prop. That's and right. if I max bet that draft pop, prop, guess what? the line's moving based off of anyone doing it because this is an information market. That's right. It's not an analytical market. It's something where someone finds something out and all of a sudden you see these massive swings and the books have gotten killed on the NBA and NFL draft the last two years because that information gets out there. So they're quick to make moves. It's why you can see someone like Anthony Richardson go from 100 to 1 to literally 2 plus 275 to be the number one overall pick in a short time period. Every max bet, they are dropping that price. And again, I thought what you made the point of is the Colts being the favorites to get Anthony Richardson at plus $1.60 could be dead money. Remember this, too. Will Levis right now is the shortest. The Colts are the shortest number on the board to go there. That's dead money as well, which would be right now about 2-1 to one here for Will Levis to become a member of the Colts if this Lamar Jackson trade happens. So, again, remember that. You can offer Lamar Jackson. If the Ravens agree, they can match. They still have the right of first refusal, or they can say, nope. Go, we'll take the uh, compensation here for allowing Lamar Jackson to go. A lot of tentacles in the quarterback market associated with the draft. When we come back, I like to call him the king of New York. Will Hill joins the program next. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and challenge all-star. And speaking of all-stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of Challenge Champion. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, 
Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. Even a wager that misses can still be a slam dunk with BetMGM, an authorized gaming partner of the NBA. Place an NBA one-game parlay wager with four legs or more. If you miss on just one leg, you'll receive up to $25 back. Just opt into this promotion on BetMGM's app or website. With one-game parlay, you can make selections within a single NBA game, including team and player props. Opt into the promotion, then place an NBA one-game parlay wager of four or more legs. We get up to 25 bucks back if you just miss the one leg. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Visit BetMGM.com for all the terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued is now with jobable free uh, bonus bets. Bonus bets expire in seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, Nevada, or New York. Speaking of New York, Mike Samich, Dave Ross here in Las Vegas. I feel like certain people on the network, sometimes you switch around shows and you just you miss them. You don't get them on your show anymore. That would be my next guest, the king of New York. He is Will Hill. On Twitter, not the Will Hill, but he is the real Will Hill when he joins us in person. Will, great to have you back on, my friend. Again, great to catch up with you. I feel like we haven't been able to do that in quite a while. I can't believe we're going to start off this conversation talking the NIT, the NIT. (laughs) But you actually have a play out here in a game at the Orleans with Utah Valley against the UAB Blazers. I got to be honest with you, Will. I'm not up on these two squads. Educate me as to what I should do in this game. First of all, you not having me on is your fault. This is like the receiver who's on opening the quarterbacks, you know, <laughs> blaming the receiver. I mean, it's on the quarterback. You got to get me the ball. This is like a T.O. <laughs> Romo situation. Yeah, been, exactly. been ghosting like Aaron Rodgers, huh? <laughs> yep. Uh, I like Utah Valley. Now, full disclosure, I was out with Mitch and Paul yesterday morning, and I think the line was two, and I said I like UEB on the money line. Mm. But at four, I think this is too many points. We've seen a huge line move here uh, in in this game, and I just don't think there's four points that separates these teams. I think a few things is driving this line move. Conference USA has been dominant in these postseason tournaments from, you know, Florida Atlantic to North Texas uh, down the line. I think that's part of it. And the Utah Valley coach, Mark Madsen, remember, Stanford alum. A lot of people thought he was going to go to Stanford. He's actually going to be the head coach at Cal. So he may or may not even be coaching this game. I think he's got some personal stuff. His wife is expecting a baby. So Mm -hmm. maybe that's part of the line movement. I just think four is too many points. Uh, This is actually the scene of the crime here for Utah Valley because they blew a 20-plus point lead with like eight minutes to go in the conference semifinals just a couple weeks back. But they're at least familiar with the shooting venue, uh, the backdrop. I think that's a positive. And I, I, look, I understand people backing UAB here. I just think the four is too many. If it were two, I'd probably still be on UAB. I just think this is an overreaction. In the other uh, semifinal game here in the NIT, we've got another Conference USA team, North Texas taking on Wisconsin. North Texas laying one. Now, I, I've got a couple friends and syndicates and runners who hit me up about this one. Apparently, there's going to be some money coming in on North Texas minus the one. Ooh. Looks like you're taking a total in the first half. What do you think about the side? Then tell us about the total. 
Yeah, if anybody has problems sleeping, I think insomnia is a big problem in this country. Turn on this game because these teams play slow <laughs> and slower. North Texas is the slowest team in the country. Wisconsin's not too much quicker. Uh, and there's just a lot that leads to the under. Wisconsin doesn't foul a lot. Both these teams rebound on defense a lot, so you're not going to get second-chance points. To me, this is just going to be a, a rock fight, a like, you know, 24-23 halftime score with how slow these teams play. Uh, I just... I think you got to stay under. I know it's built into the number, but I don't know that it's built in enough. You can get 52 and a half for the first half. I think we're looking at a total rock fight here. I'll go under. Under 52 and a <laughs> half. Do the math, America. I mean, that just screams boring. Are you going to watch this whole thing, Will, and then look to get in second half at all? I didn't say I'd do that. I didn't say I'd do that. I probably look, you never want to watch an, you, when you have a bet on an under, you oh. never want to watch. You sort of just want to peek with one eye and make sure they're not scoring too many points and then go do something else because it's painful to watch unders really in any of these sports, especially when you're dealing with such a low total, but I'll be monitoring it. I'm totally right there with you. So again, I, I would, there's no way I'm watching that paint try just rooting for that under 52 and a half. Look, I, I'm a little bit disappointed in one of your selections in the final four, because you know me, I'm a big coach L guy covering Coach Laranaga back in his George Mason days when he took them to the Final Four uh, back in 2006. It's deja vu all over again. Now he's taking the Canes there. But you think it might be the end of the road for Coach L like it was uh, back in 2006 when they got outed by Florida? You think UConn might be too much for them? Oh, I remember that Florida game, man. Speaking of not being able to make a shot, man, George Mason just was Ugh. it was brick after brick in that game. That was a uh, that was an ugly affair. Look, I know it, it sounds square. It feels square to say it with UConn just killing everybody to come on here and be like, they're just going to keep killing everybody. But I don't see any reason to jump off the bandwagon. I'll say this. If you like UConn, bet them now because I think those fives are, are pretty much gone. I think the five and a halfs will be gone. I think you'll see a ton of public money on UConn. And if you see pro money on UConn, this line's really going to move. So wouldn't be shocked if this line closes six. Cool. I think it'll get to six, maybe six and a half. I don't think we'll get to seven. But to me, UConn's just bigger. Uh, you double Sonogo. He's such a good passer. They have so many different ways to beat you that uh, I do think Miami, unless they just hit a flurry of threes, which is always a possibility. I think UConn's just the more well-rounded team. I think they win this game by, you know, 10 plus points again, which usually these teams don't just go through the tournament like, like a butter, uh, you know, a hot knife through butter where mm -hmm. they just win every game by a bunch of points. Usually there's a close affair where we have to survive, you know, a close call, but man, I just think UConn might be able to do it. They, they really might. Yeah, these Huskies have had buzzsaw for teeth, and they've just Jeez. been chowing up the competition. I took a little bit of this game at five. I, I agree with you, Will. I think this game is going to be bet down out to six and a half or seven by the time a tip-off. If you have an interest in trying to middle the game as well, I think taking some at five or five and a half, and then coming back with a half unit and trying to set up a middle while still having a little bit more on the Huskies is a good way to attack that one. You've also got an AL East winner for us here on your card. I love this one. I've been talking about Bo Bichette for MVP. It was 70 to one, down to 35 to one. You like the Blue Jays. Tell us about it. I just think they're better than the Yankees. You look, Rodon's already hurt. Severino's hurt. Um, I just think that there's a lot of holes on this Yankee team. I, I, I like the fact that they're calling up Volpe and he's going to play shortstop. So that eliminates one of the holes. Connor Flafer was terrible for them last year. But you still have guys like Hicks. You still have a lot of questions in the lineup. And I just don't know that I tr trust Judge to do two things. A, duplicate last season, which is almost impossible. And B, stay healthy. Remember, he, stay, he was healthy last year. He was relatively healthy the year before. But this is a guy who's had a lot of injuries. He's a big guy. So, you know, one check swing and he, he pulls an oblique and he's gone for six weeks. Uh, that's big trouble for the Yankees. I think Stanton is starting to get older and starting to decline. He got hurt last year. And when he came back, he was not the same. His numbers post-all-star break were terrible. So you don't have that great protection for Judge. 
Uh, and I'd actually look towards Judge. You can get 45 and a half homers, I believe, at, at DraftKings. I would play an under. I understand you make this bet now. It's March. You don't cash it till early October. Not a lot of people want to do that in terms of money management. But uh, I'm down on the Yankees here. Pitching issues. Judge is going to regress. And I think the Blue Jays are just loaded with talent. Uh, well, we've gone almost eight minutes and not brought up. I'm bearing <laughs> the lead here with the Metropolitans, right? I mean, I can't <laughs> believe we haven't talked Mets yet. But you do like them, even though Sugar Diaz is out for the year. We don't know what's really going to look at, at the back end for the closer situation here in New York. Tell me why I should be optimistic about my Metropolitans. Yeah, as you know, I had them to win the division last year, and I'm I'm a forgiving person. I still don't know how the <laughs> hell they blew that lead. I was out there in that studio with you in the middle of August, and they were up by seven, ah! seven and a half games, had an easy schedule. I, I'll digress, though. This is just too low of a number, 91 and a half. Uh, wins. They still have a really good rotation, a really good lineup. They won't be afraid, afraid to add people uh, in the course of the season. I think Cohen is sort of the new George Steinbrenner where if there's a guy out there, he's going to try to get him. So to me, this number is still too low. This is still a really deep, balanced team. I know, you know, Scherzer's older, Verlander's older, but to me, this is still going to be a very good, you know, 94, 95 win regular season sort of team. So I like the over. I think closers are sort of like kickers where in a big spot, you really need them, but most of the guys are going to make most of the kicks, just like in baseball. Mm -hmm. Most of the guys are going to get most of the saves. So, you know, it, it, when you lose, it hurts. When you lose one because you're closer, you're a kicker, it really hurts, but most of the guys are going to get it done for the most part. So to me, this number is just a little too low. Uh, very quickly, staying on the Metropolitans, because I've seen out here at Will Hill, your counterpart name, uh, you can get some of these, you know, Mets versus Yankees win totals, right? Who's going to win more games? Mets are at plus money. And also, Mets against the Dodgers. And I didn't pull the trigger on that. I wanted to get your thoughts on that. Are the Dodgers going to have regression this year with the pitching? Because I, I think people really do think that the Padres might be the team to beat ultimately in the NL West. I totally agree about the Padres. The Padres are loaded. You get a full season of Soto now. You get Tatis as long as he's back and he doesn't get hurt or do something stupid, which you can't really count on. <laughs> And you add Bogarts. So that's a really a hell of a team. I'm interested. What's the number Mets versus Dodgers? Uh, you can get the Mets at about plus $1.40 to have more wins than the Dodgers. I, I like a little more. I like a little more. I think the better bet is just play the Padres to win the division. Okay. I think the Padres have plus money to win the division. I think the wrong team's favored there. All right. So I'm not going to get too cute with my Metropolitan's futures, but I will play them over uh, 91 and a half, according to Will. Will, it's great, man. Always great to catch up. You do a great job in the network. And again, give him a follow on Twitter at not the Will Hill. He's a great follow. Appreciate you, bro. bro. Throw me the damn ball, Dave. Come on. <laughs> I will make sure I'll get on my producers. You got to book Will Hill on my shows. Uh, always great to have Will here, and I always get about, about the Mets with Will. And we were. We went down that road together last year, that collapse at the end of the year. I, I don't think there's going to be a lasting effect from it. And now certainly you get a Justin Verlander in the rotation. I mean, obviously, you lose the best pitcher in, in Jacob Agron, but I think the Mets can be okay. No, I love I love the addition of Verlander. I think the rules are going to really benefit him because he's a pitcher who wants to just go, Let's go, go. go. Yeah, how about that? We saw a little JT Ruomuto. We didn't have time to get into that. Getting tossed yesterday. All started with wild. the pitch clock. All right, come on back. Talking more NFL next here on the Lombardi Line. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here and this season takes it to a whole new level old school legends modern power players and ex-lovers are all competing in cape town south africa for the prize of three hundred thousand dollars and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast listen to mtv's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts what's up everybody this is stephen a smith host 
of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.